Welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 1 Peter chapter 2. It reads, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and the stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Servants be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrow while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you as an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were strained like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. As we jump in here to 1 Peter chapter 2, we continue to develop Peter's encouragement for his hearers who are enduring suffering at the hands of those who are around them. And so as it is a part of the world that they're living in, they're enduring suffering and hardship for being believers. And so he gives them understandings that help them to work through the day-to-day practical life that they're walking through amidst the suffering they experience. And so today, for our encouragement that I hope for us to be able to anchor our faith in, I'd like for us to look at both the encouragement and the challenge that comes with our submission to authority. I say it's both an encouragement and a challenge because I think that there are both aspects of what he's trying to do as he's speaking these words to his hearers. First off, he wants them to understand that they are doing and fulfilling what Jesus has already gone before them to do. And so that should be something that's encouraging, knowing that Jesus suffered likewise at the hands of those who were around him. And he did so because of nothing of his own intent or nothing of his own doing, but because it was part of God's will for him. And so Jesus, as he suffers, gives us the example of enduring suffering. 
But he also gives a challenge here in terms of the people and the types of people that they are going to be enduring and that they're going to be putting themselves in submission or subjection or putting themselves under the authority of. He talks about the emperor as supreme, governors, and all of these other individuals who are over them, and some of them who are not doing the things that they should be doing, and some of them that are. He gives us the same image with the servants and the masters in verses 18 and following. The thought that he gives is it does not matter the conduct of the one who is over you so much as the conduct of the one who is being displayed in submission. And so that is a huge principle in terms of putting the gospel on display, that it is displayed in both situations by submission to the authorities. The authorities who are hopefully trying to uphold what is good and right, but also the authorities who are not doing those things. And so as you put yourself in submission to them, you display to the watching world what it's like to understand that it is not your decision to make all of the time. It's not your place to question all of the decisions of those who are leading and to instead make your own decisions rather than the ones that they have laid out before you. And so I think that this is something that we can definitely put into a perspective for the majority of our hearers as we think about the fact that all of our students listening are under the authority of their parents. And we live in a day and age where the respect for parents is generally very low. The thought is that majority of people's peers think that the individual's parents do not understand what's going on in their life. They don't have a context for making good decisions. And really, the thought is that they're out there just to make sure that kids don't have fun. They don't have the kids' best interests in mind. In fact, they don't even understand the world in which the kids are living. And so that's the perspective that is shared by the majority of the teens of the world. And so the thought is, hey, why listen to your parents? Just do what's right for you. You're an individual. You're ultimately going to be responsible for all the decisions you make. You might as well start doing that now and chart your best life. But unfortunately, what those individuals do by doing that is often put themselves into situations for which they were not prepared. As we reflect on the fact that the individuals that are placing themselves under the submission of those parents... It's important for us to understand that that means that those parents could be making good or bad decisions too. And ultimately, we won't focus on that here in the podcast so much as we'll focus on the opportunity that when we are putting ourselves under the authority of our parents, we display to the watching world, the peers around us, about the importance of how our relationship with God impacts our relationship to others. That though we may not agree with our parents' decisions about when we can go out and what we're able to do or when we're able to have a phone or what different things we're able to participate in or the sports teams or other decisions that they are a part of making for us, that when we don't challenge those but instead accept what they have made as the decision and walk forward with a good heart and a happy attitude for those things, that we display to them the principle of contentment, that we understand that we're not in control and that we understand that by displaying this contentment, that we're able to put ourselves in a spot where God is able to use us in that situation rather than continuously kicking against the decisions of those around us. And so I think that when we think about our ability to submit to authority, we need to understand that it has both a principle for ourselves in terms of our own personal contentment and our own ability to be used by God, as well as an evangelistic opportunity in terms of how the watching world waits to see how we react to situations. When you constantly respect the parent's authority in your home, that's going to be something that is not seen 
as normal by those around you. And they're going to see the way in which you react, the way in which you respond to your parents. And it's going to, if nothing else, plant seeds of the truth of the gospel. Hopefully you'll have opportunities to explain why. Yeah, you know, I do listen to my parents and honor them for what they are because I feel like that's what God has told me I need to do. And because of that, he's placed them in my life to help them to grow and help them to nurture me in the way that they feel God is leading. And so I submit to them as that, and I hope to learn from them about the way in which I can grow to be the same type of person. And so as we reflect on that and that opportunity that it gives us to represent God to those around us, that's an important aspect of what Peter is encouraging and challenging these individuals to do. It's not easy for them to put themselves in submission, especially to the emperor and those in this place of politics who are possibly persecuting them and making their lives very difficult. But by submitting, by being content with the place that God has placed them, by enduring that suffering, they're able to display the cause of the gospel to the watching world. And so may that be the challenge that we are encouraged by today and that we hopefully can use to anchor our faith as we live in a hostile world as well that does not agree with the beliefs of Scripture and does not espouse them as truth. As far as a question from this passage, one of the things that pops out to me is in verse 12. It says at the last part of that verse, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. What is the day of visitation? When we look at how 1 Peter is using the different scriptures that he uses, even in this passage, we see that he has a great knowledge of the Old Testament. This phrase, the day of visitation in the Old Testament, was a common phrase that was used by the prophets and other people warning the people about the coming judgment or blessing when God would visit them. So the day of visitation was a day of blessing for those who were believers, but it was a day of judgment for those who were not believers. So when we place that into this verse, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation, or that they may remember the way in which you have acted and bring glory to God on that day of visitation, that that would be an opportunity for those people to respond in saving faith and glorify God because of the remembrance of the testimony that these believers have made. But for those who do not do that, Similar to the thought of the day of visitation in the Old Testament, it would also bring about that concept of coming judgment. And so they're being faithful to sharing the gospel through the way in which they represent themselves before the Lord and before these individuals who are bringing them to courts or other places as they reflect on the fact that they are truly exiles in the world and not really under the authority of those people only, but under the greater authority of God. And so as they represent God over those individuals, it's important for us to understand this concept of the day of visitation. It's a specific opportunity that will come to the individuals that are bringing the believers into court, and it will lead to ultimately the opportunity for them to see the way in which God's grace has been displayed to them as people who are working against the believers through the conduct of these individuals and hopefully leads to redemption, hopefully leads to repentance, 
hopefully leads to the saving of souls. And so that's what Peter desires as he challenges these individuals. But understanding that day of visitation is big for us to understand the overall nature of what this passage is focused on. And so that's the important part of digging into the details of the scripture is it gives us greater clarity about what the passages are talking about, what they're pointing us to, how they're developing our understanding of who God is and how he's revealed himself to us. And so as you commit yourself to that, as you commit yourself to the process of studying God's word and mining it for the gold that it contains, know you are loved. You're-